the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along. The uh, Tuesday edition. Uh, I was taking my kid into work today. It was 8.58 a.m., Kath. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you're old enough, you just, you're just you trained to stick around for the top of the hour for the news, right? Now, I wonder if, if do young people do that? Anybody under 30? I, I Mike, are you interested? Do you do that? New Mike? Sometimes. Do you, but you know it's coming up. Well, you're on radio, so of course you know that. But the top of the hour is always... If he doesn't know, he doesn't know <laughs> that there's news at the top of the hour. I feel like he's not paying much attention to work. <laughs> I've been avoiding it lately. He now. might be out of a job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You've been avoiding the, the news lately? Yeah, I mean... He's, there's no good news out there. No, no, there's good news out there. No. Yeah, but none of the good news is what you hear at the top of the hour. That's right. No, it's right, right. Yeah, okay. So at 8.58 this morning, I knew the news was coming up, so I turned the radio on, and I caught the headlines. But literally, 30 seconds into the headlines on the on the radio, I shut it off, because it was too much to bear. Exactly my point. Yeah, exactly your point. Because it does feel like there's a lot of bad news, often. But I don't think it would matter. If it were 1910, 1950... You know, two thousand. Oh, I think it matters a lot. What you don't? I, I think there's always bad news. Oh, I, I know, but if you were uh, living in 1915, you were not surrounded by the audio and the visual of it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there's okay. something to be said about. I mean, I remember the old days when you know you got your news the newspaper, whether it was the morning paper, or the evening paper, you had to wait. Mm-hmm. Right, right, but there's no waiting anymore because you can go on your phone. Okay, so I saw this article in uh, Healthline. Which I have to say, what is that? It's a publication I've never had anything to do with before. Now <laughs> it sounds like from Prevention but I Magazine. It was interesting. Listen, for people over ninety, it starts by saying, like many of her friends, Charlene Jaguski, which is a cool name, is a freelance editor living in Portland, Oregon, grabs her phone the minute she wakes up <sighs> to see, quote, that's not "What fresh hell happened overnight?" Oh, uh, no, see, no, now no, that's no. no good. Oh, come on, you do that all the time. Yeah, but that's no good. Okay. If, if that, that phrase, <laughs> funny, does that phrase? Yeah, but the he, fresh hell that's happened overnight. Yeah. I mean, that's just exactly it. Why start your day off that it's, way? Oh. At least have a cup of coffee. One morning, the self-professed digital nomad was on her way to a coffee shop to do some work when she had what she calls, quote, a little breakdown in her car. <laughs> she had been arguing politics that morning with people she strongly disagreed with and suddenly started crying, quote, I felt angry and helpless at the same time, she recalled, although she wasn't exactly sure why she was being so affected. Glenn Garber, a retired city planner living in a small town outside Boston, says he quickly turns on CNN or MSNBC or NPR when he wakes up in the morning. Uh-huh. <coughs> I had to cough. I, Even I though I know there's going to be news that makes me that makes me crazy, I can't seem to break the habit, he explained. Yeah, because it's, it's a hard habit to break. Isn't there a song, A Hard Habit to Break? I think it might be Glenn Fry. Yeah, I think that could be. Okay, anyway. Quote, it's a low-grade nervousness that affects me every waking hour, and I know so many people who feel the same way. Yeah. 
Because it's a nonstop. Wait. So, so that indictment early on in the article. As soon, of course, as soon as you wake up, I'm looking at my emails. I'm looking at the overnight yada yada. Right. Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. Yeah. And according to the Pew Research Center, mm-hmm. seven in ten Americans said, "quote They felt worn out by the amount of news that's available." And that was just done in June of eighteen. Yeah. So it's addictive. It's like a drug, and it's bad for you. But still, we choose to do it. I don't know if this matters, but Republicans and right-leaning Americans, in fact, reported feeling being overwhelmed by news. Three-quarters of Republicans versus six in ten Democrats. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's, I mean, it's just that apparently Republicans are slightly more overwhelmed by news than Democrats are. But it's not – that's why I said I don't know if it matters. No, it doesn't. Okay, so the, the bottom line is – it's bad to look at your news feed because it's unhealthy spiritually, psychologically, every which way. The, there you go. Thank oh, my you. gosh. Did you pull up Peter Cetera? Yeah. Oh, uh, Chicago, right? Yeah. That's Peter Cetera singing. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Thank you. I look at my phone first thing in the morning. Yeah. As do you. I no, know. Don't, I do. don't you say you no, don't. No, no. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not trying to deny that. I'm just saying, yeah, it's, it's a sickness and it's unhealthy. Okay. That week that I was at the beach, yeah. I didn't do that. And I came back all refreshed and happy and giddy. And then quickly, I Within was... Within 26 gr- hours, oh, we had him right back to the edge of insanity. down. I Drudged was like, from watching the Drudge Report. Yeah, I was like Frank Sinatra and a man in the golden arm. That's right. That's exactly. Pulled back fix. into the addiction you were trying to get away from. Help me. Help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, the American Psychological Association yeah. regularly surveys Americans about stress. Generally finding that money, work, and the economy were very or somewhat significant sources of stress. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, in the latter half of 2016 and 17, money, work, and economy was joined by news. Money, work, economy, news. Mm-hmm. But it was, but previous to stress. that, it was just money, work, economy. Yeah. But now it's money, work, economy, news. Yeah. So uh, there's got to be a better way instead of having this crazy thing in your pocket. I'm holding my iPhone. Mm -hmm. It's unhealthy. We all know that. It's unhealthy. But still we persist. Let's stop. Isn't there some sort of oasis? Okay. So we're just going to stop using our phones? Well, I think we all need to spend more time at the beach. I'll say that. So my daughter went away last week uh, to... The Pittsburgh Project to spend a week working on houses in the north side of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, two days before she left, she said, Mom, Dad, I made a decision. I said, what is it? She said, I'm not taking my phone. Yes, yeah, good. I said, really? That's a she good said, girl. I'm not. I'm not. I said, well, what do you, you mean you're not taking it to your work site? She's like, no, I am not taking it. I am going to be gone for a week and I am not taking it. She for is her. so good. And I said, why? That is cr- I was so surprised. I said, why are you doing that? She said, because I think it's making me crazy. Mm. And so she left her phone on the dresser and she did not touch oh, it for a week. Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. And then did you watch when she was came back in the house? How she was and then how long no, it was. No, because she told us within five minutes. What? She said it was so – she said I felt like I had so much more time uh-huh. without it. But if, then, of course, she came back and she was like – so because – and, and several of her friends who went on the trip decided not to bring phones either. Good. Someone on their work site had an actual camera. She was like, Mom, he had an actual camera. I said, what? Anyway, so he took photos. But then he, he sent all the photos to everybody. So sure. then she ended up being on her phone for like three hours sorting through photos and everything. Yeah. And then we were ready to go to bed and she was like, see, it's happening to me already. I've been home for like half a day and I'm sucked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hard to control. Well, hard maybe, to have it. Well, maybe the phone is a, a buffer. Peter so. Cetera was right. He was. 
Back in 1976, probably. He also said, you're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. No, Hard Habit to Break was later, wasn't it? Hard Habit to Break was in the 80s, I was think. Was it? Okay. Wait, do you have a year on that? A Chicago aficionado? I call my son. I'm not, a, I'm not a Chicago aficionado, but I do feel like Hard Habit to Break was later right. than the 70s. So we've got a little power imbalance here. I'm standing today. It's fine. I'm standing. You're sitting, I'm I don't, standing. I don't feel... You know, completely dominated okay. by you no, and Mike. Of course you don't. Now, I think I've got a little sciatica going on here. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I do. I just feel like a little little mm-hmm. soreness there. Well, then I certainly want you to be yeah, comfortable. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, one time I went and visited, um, I went to the nursing home to visit a girlfriend's grandma. And um, we were, you know, sitting there talking to her and she was snoozing. And um, my girlfriend said, isn't she so sweet? You know, there she's lying there and she's kind of like daydreaming. I wonder what she's thinking about. Is she thinking like, you know, when she was a young girl? Is she thinking about her kids? There's like all this like little sweet moment of sentimentality. And then she, the grandma kind of startled. And my girlfriend said, Graham, what were you thinking about there while you were daydreaming? You know, looking, there might be some little sweet answer. And grandma looked at her and said, my bum's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> So that sentimentality just got swept straight out there. So that's what I think about today with my little sciatica. Oh, that is <laughs> Just really saying. Hey, thanks for checking in today on The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're happy that you're with us. we got a great show ahead. So um, what's next? Rachel Gilson. We just met her a couple days ago. We liked her so much, we asked her back. Oh, that's right. Because she's a wise woman. What happens when God's insight. rules don't make sense? Okay, that's And the when ride John's home. standing when he should be sitting. Mm, my bum's killing me. 101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. Your heart craves it, but in today's chaotic world, so many people live without it. We're talking about peace, and this week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald dives into Scripture to show you where real peace comes from and how you can experience God's peace no matter what challenges you're facing. Tune in this week to Walk in the Word with James McDonald. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. I know a lot of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And so you probably know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you like. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, wherever, because Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, and skipping the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now at 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. That's 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. 
We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Spring House in 84. Scripture tells us that God is love and that love for God is shown in how we love our neighbor. We have neighbors who need us right now. That's why Washington City Mission's Love Thy Neighbor donation drive is so critical. Through your support, you can show God's love to someone living without hope. The precious souls of men, women, and children who need your help today. Make your donation now at citymission.org. And thank you for being a good neighbor. Give today at citymission.org. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Rachel Gilson was with us uh, last week. She's with us again today. When God's rules don't make sense. Hey, Rachel, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Look, I just want to be happy. I mean, here's the thing, Rachel. We have this uh, main artery here in Pittsburgh. And it's an artery that I'm on twice a day, every single day. You mean the roadway? Yes. (laughs) Why? uh, That's also known as an artery. You think that's bad? I just want to clear it up. Okay, thanks. I'm in it. I'm on it in my car. It's a roadway, and the the um, speed limit is fifty. There is no reason why that speed limit should be fifty. Should be slower or faster? No, it should. Everybody's the minimum speed anyone is doing on that road is sixty-five. Mm, okay, yeah, people yeah. are doing eighty easily, but it says fifty. Whew. Okay, so now here's my choice, Rachel. I could choose to go 50 because that's what the speed limit is but i mean i know you've just met me but you might not be surprised to know that i just can't i can't do it but you know why because i think the rule's ridiculous i just think it's dumb no wait no wait, no, wait. before you jump in there yeah. rachel i want to say this i live on a street where the posted speed limit is 15 miles an hour okay. and i walk my dog on that street yeah and i when i walk my dog there's a blind curve and so when I'm in that blind curve with my dog and there are no sidewalks on this street and people are driving at 45 miles an hour when it's posted at 15, mm-hmm. when they come around the blind curve, they see me and my dog. So that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It is dangerous. I'm just saying. Yeah. But well, first off, I don't drive on your street often All right. and I've never driven. I don't, I don't believe I've ever gone like 50 miles an hour on your street right. because I'm always concerned I'm going to drive right past your house. Thank you. But there is something in me that rebels everyone who knows me is now laughing they're like this is so obvious there's something in me that rebels to a rule that i don't think is sensible so basically what i'm doing is i've decided and i readily admit this that i'm smarter than you know pendot or whoever's decided what the, the speed traffic limit planners is, right i've decided that i'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. smarter with my job here at the radio station as a talk show yes. <laughs> that i know more about what's safe on that roadway than the people that do roadways i see and so rachel that's when you start to talk about when god's rules don't make sense that's the first example that you give yeah well i think all of us have had the experience of encountering um stupid rules <laughs> that's not because you know, like your example, John, sometimes there are very good reasons why you've got a 15-mile-an-hour road, right? Because it's not safe to drive any faster than that. But some areas of the road, you're like, this is a straightaway. You know, you can kind of recognize from all the ingredients that the rule, for whatever reason it went into place, maybe wasn't well thought through. 
And sometimes we can take that attitude to the Bible itself, and we can say, well, I can see this uh, rule A, maybe that's in Ephesians, and I like that one, that one makes a lot of good sense to me. But you might look at something else in a different part of Scripture and think, oh, well, I don't like that at all. That must not be, that must not be real, or that must not be really what God meant. And occasionally we do misinterpret, of course, sure. but sometimes we just plain don't like what he says. And uh, we can we can have a kind of cavalier attitude and say, I'm going to do what, what I want to do, because now, I'm the boss of me. <laughs> now, you yeah. might, uh, Rachel, you and John, um, might expect that if I was Eve in the garden, I maybe would not have performed any better under pressure than she did. <laughs> okay, because, again... You, and you bring up a good point in your piece that if if God would have said to Eve, look, here's your rule. Don't kill Adam. And Adam, don't kill Eve. And everybody could say, well, that makes sense because we shouldn't kill each other. And then if I kill him, then I'm alone. Right. <laughs> there's, no one, you know, there's no one else here. So that, that, that's dumb. But when he starts talking about the fruit in the tree... Eve's like, really? I mean, that like, Give me that, really? knowledge. that doesn't that what does that have to do with anything? Why? That seems like a stupid rule. Yeah, you know, I'm often with I, I'm a campus minister I work at Boston University, lots of kids there who are unchurched. And as we talk about things of God, they often come back to that image of the garden, even though they're not church kids, they kind of know that story. And they think, well, isn't that stupid to begin with? Like, what is even wrong with fruit, right? He must have been withholding something. Uh, and that, you know, that's the line of the serpent as well. It's exactly that point of like, well, this rule, it doesn't look any good. So the only reason it exists must be to keep me down. It must be to be depriving me of something. There's just a, there can be a suspicion on our part when we see something that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that instinct in us is very good, right? If something doesn't make sense, it can perk us up and we can notice something that's legitimately wrong. But the problem, of course, is that we are not perfect. We don't see everything. We don't know everything. And so when we bring that same attitude to a clear word from God, um, we can we can stand in judgment over him instead of submitting ourselves to him. Hmm. So it's hard because we have this capacity that's given to us to use in the world for many good things, but we can wield that power in a way that sets us up like we're in the place of God, and it can be dangerous for our hearts. Yes. So then this is a matter of trust and faith? <laughs> yeah, you know, as um, as many Sunday school songs go, I do, I do think it's a matter of trust and faith. You know, I often I think about the fact that I live with a four-and-a-half-year-old girl, my daughter, <laughs> and she doesn't understand a lot of what I say. She doesn't understand why she can't eat candy all day long. She <laughs> sometimes doesn't understand why she can't touch really hot things. Uh-huh. But she does know, praise the Lord, she does know that I love her. And so in her more clear moments, and she is a preschooler, but in her more clear moments, she can get to a place where she says, okay, I see that my mom loves me. Maybe I'm a little frustrated, but I'm going to trust her. And I think over time I've demonstrated to her that, I say things to her usually because I have what's best for her in mind. I mean, she actually did touch a grill the last 4th of July, and she learned the hard way that I do mean what I say for her good. And I think we have the same reason to trust God. You know, we have this tendency to think the rules kind of exist out there 
almost like there's a speed sign posted. You sort mm-hmm. of you don't really think about who puts up the speed limit sign. You just you just relate to it usually cynically. <laughs> but God's rules are never meant to be divorced from who he is as a person. And who he is as a person is our father and our friend, our older brother, our husband, like all these images he gives us are of relationships that are are deep and safe and for us. And so I think it's so good for us, especially in the places where the Bible feels grating, to try to loop back around and say, what, who is God to me in this? Like, even if I don't get this, can I trust that he's good? Can I trust that he isn't saying this thing to hold me down or to deprive me? We, we want to make everything about our faith personal because we have a personal relationship with God. Yes. Uh, Rachel, uh, with that, I tend to think, and I think this is probably true for most people, that when I sin and when I'm about to sin and I, and I know the consequences of my sin, I go right through that stop sign. And it's not because I don't know God's love and I don't know that God's my father and has the best for me. It's because in, in some ways, and this is just cold and harsh, that I don't care. And I'm just going to do what I'm going to do because that's what I'm going to do. And the, the heck with everything else. And then, of course, I suffer. Yeah, I know. We, you know, we like to think that, um, that we know what's good for us. I think I mentioned this last week with you, too. But, you know, we, um, we're, often our own, we're often our own worst enemies. And I think we've all had that experience, right? We know what God says. We maybe even know that the last time we did it, it was stupid. But we get to a place, and we just, we just do it again, yeah. right? We, yeah. we put ourselves in a mess again. And I, I am thankful in those moments that God is even more patient with me than mm-hmm. I am. You know, in that, in that story where Peter's, pre- Peter's trying to look impressive and he says, well, how many times should I forgive someone? You know, seven times. He's trying to look very forgiving <laughs> because the, the Jewish standard was three times. You know, and Jesus responds, I no, not even seven, like 70 times seven. He doesn't literally mean that number. Of course, he's being hyperbolic and saying, no, way more times than you could think. You know, I get frustrated with me sometimes. I do the same stupid thing three times in a day, and I think, that's it, I'm done with me, God must be so frustrated. But God's promise, like, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you every single time. I mean, if it is real, if it's real repentance, every single time He will forgive. And we really need that, because our relationship to the rules is funky, our relationship to God can be off just depending on what's going on with our lives, but he constantly, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ means that we always have forgiveness when we turn back. It's perfect, you know, and it's so helpful for me to know that <laughs> that he has more patience for me than I do. I mean, it's hard to believe sometimes, but it's in his word as a solid promise, and I really need that a lot daily. Rachel Gilson, Director of Theological Development at Crew Northeast. She blogs at rachelgilson.com. Rachel, when uh, my husband and I married, uh, we decided that we wanted to tithe our money. And we decided that because we felt like it was, it was the right thing to do. However, deciding that you're going to tithe and actually looking at the dollar amount. You're broke. <laughs> 
is a, it truly is a totally different thing. Yeah. I mean, thinking that tithing is good, and well, that's what God says, and then actually writing the check, there's like a vast chasm between those two things. We had such a hard time with that. And um, it wasn't a hard – it wasn't like we were struggling with does God really want us to do that. It was just – Doing it. Doing it. Doing it was really hard. But now that we have done it all of these years, a couple decades, I realize more now – and, I, of course, I still see through a mirror darkly. But I realize more now that it's not about the money. I mean, sometimes it is about the yeah. money, but it's not about the money. It's a deeper issue. It's a deeper issue of acknowledging that what you have is not yours. And that, and, I, and, and that's the hard thing. And so I think the same thing with the fruit. With It wasn't about the fruit. It was about, do you trust me as God to be the one who knows what's best for you because I made you and you know me? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think we see this in Matthew 6. As well, Jesus is talking to the gathered crowds who are here to, to who are there to te- uh, hear him, and he says, "You know, God knows exactly what you need. You know, the Gentiles—they're running after food and drink and clothing, and God has totally got you. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of those things are going to be added to you. It's not like God doesn't know what we need." But we do have this mentality, and it especially shows up around money, but certainly shows up around other things. We have this mentality that says, no one is going to take care of me except me. I have to make sure that I'm okay, or me and my family, whatever it is. And God, especially in that story that Jesus is telling, he's trying to say, I know you're afraid. You can be afraid that you're not going to be taken care of. But I promise that I see you and that you can trust me. If you seek me, I'm not going to let you down. And it's hard, it's just hard for us to do. Like you said, we know it. We know we should trust God in those ways. But there's that little bit of fear. If I do this, what's going to happen? But I do think as we build those muscles of faith, they start to grow stronger. We start to see him provide in our lives, just like you were saying, Kathy. And, and it grows in our ability to do even more obedience, sort of like, you know, if you're not a runner, you're not going to get off the couch today and go run a marathon. You certainly shouldn't. It's very hot. You know, you would die. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you start by taking a walk around the block. It's over time, you start building and building those muscles, and you're strong enough to run. And I think in a lot of times, our, our obedience to God works in the same way. As we see Him show up faithfully in the little things, we start to realize more and more he really is going to show up for me he really is going to be who he says he is that doesn't always look the way we think it should god isn't controlled by us you know he's not a cosmic gumball machine we put in the quarter we get out the candy but he is really a person and he is really for us i think that just constantly needs to found the way we approach the scriptures especially the parts that are difficult for us that's really good Rachel, thanks so much for the encouragement, for the wisdom. That's Rachel Gilson. She blogs online at rachelgilson.com. We'll take a break. Stick around. We're going to talk about why isn't happiness enough. 
Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. On August 10th, get ready for a comedy that's off the leash. Do you think I'm ridiculous throwing a party for my dog? I would say that bouncy house is over the top. Four lonely strangers will discover that man's best friend... No offense, but is your dog pregnant or just super fat? ...are the best matchmakers. Dogs open their hearts to love and to be loved. This dog has made us a family. Dog Days, in theaters this Friday. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soap Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at Idlewild.com. If you're going to park your car in Pittsburgh, use the Go Mobile PGH app, powered by Park Mobile. Pay for parking on your mobile device in nearly 10,000 spaces around town. Even extend your parking time right from your phone. Download the free Go Mobile PGH app and discover a smarter way to park. Rather cloudy and muggy tonight with a shower thunderstorm crossing parts of the area. The low tonight, 68 degrees. Tomorrow, clouds will be limiting sunshine. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm will be around into the evening hours. The high tomorrow, 80 degrees. Partly cloudy later tomorrow night, low 65. And for Thursday, partly sunny with a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. John, you spent decades of your life in the arts. Yeah. Yeah, making your living in the arts Mm -hmm. as an actor. But I know that you love music, and I know that you love visual art. Um, You've dragged me into baseball, which I think is the most artistic sport. Mm -hmm. It's very beautiful. Um, It is a beautiful sport. Um, Although some people might say hockey is the most also beautiful. That's also beautiful. Um, When I think about Pittsburgh... I think that there is a lot of artsy stuff going on, and that's been recognized by a national organization, which I'll talk about in a minute. But when you think of Pittsburgh, do you think of it as, a, as an artsy place? I mean, you lived in New oh, York yeah. for a couple decades. Yeah, undoubtedly. Pittsburgh is very um, art-centric. When you left New York, did you feel like you were giving up 
that artistic life or not, not in the least is that right no i was happy to come back here because of course you know um you gravitate towards what you know and, and of course in new york you know there's art every other every other storefront or every other theater you're just surrounded by it so deeply but you know pittsburgh is a really vibrant arts community and you can define that you can define art by in, in many ways um years ago when i was a, a broke college student um i knew a guy who was a visual artist and he would drag me from gallery to gallery. And especially mm. on Friday nights, he had a car. I didn't have a car. So on a Friday night, he had a list of the galleries in Pittsburgh that were open and a lot of times had new exhibitions. That's awesome. Which is terrific because whenever they do new exhibitions, there's, like, there's an opening. The gallery generally is inviting um, the general public in to have a drink, a little something to right. nosh. Mm-hmm. And then you stand around and look at all the – and that's a great way to right. spend a Friday night. So on a Friday night, he, my friend Artie, he would take me to three or four different galleries, like starting at 8 o'clock and ending up at midnight. And we wouldn't spend a nickel awesome. and see all this fabulous artwork. And you get artwork. some free food. And oh, and meet of, people and just kind of like, you know, hang that's out and so have this great, great conversation. So that's a really good thing to do. If, you know, if you're low on funds and you want to see some great art, you don't have to go to the Carnegie Museum or to, you know, the Mattress Factory or anything like that. Just go to some galleries because mm-hmm. they're always open. And especially on Friday nights, that's when the new uh, displays are open. Highly recommended. The National Center for Arts Research's Arts Vibrancy Index Report, yeah. which is not an, a report I've looked at prior to now. I have no idea what it is. They identify arts vibrant communities in America, and they have put Pittsburgh, our first city, in the top 20 Very nice. on its list of metropolitan areas or metro divisions with populations of more than a million That's no people. surprise. No yeah. surprise at all. Yeah, it's no surprise to me either. Uh, they, the key players, they say, include art artists and arts organizations, the communities they have, and government funding that influences the production and consumption of arts and culture. Mm -hmm. And so Pittsburgh has landed in the top 20. Now, it says despite having only a fraction of the population and tourism revenue of other cities on the list like New York or Los Angeles, Pittsburgh's renewed green spaces and grassroots neighborhood-based arts initiatives have provided a significant boost to the city's art heritage. Very nice. Okay, so when you think about art stuff in Pittsburgh right now, I mean, you told that story about about, the, the, about the Friday nights. Crawl. That's fabulous. That was what twenty years ago. You did that. <laughs> Closer to 40. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. So now the art scene is different, first, oh, yeah. first off. And you're different because you have kids yeah. and you're older and you have a job that is you know more demanding than the job you had then. So how do you take in art? Yeah. Okay. So again, you know, especially with families, you're always looking for inexpensive things to do. So for years, we would go, like especially in the summertime, we would do first Fridays at the Frick. Mm. Which is you know the is Clayton right, on, Penn on Penn Avenue, and then every Friday they would enlist a band, you know, a, you know whether it's a, a string quartet or whatever, and then you would take like a little picnic lunch and bring a blanket and lay on the lawn at Clayton and just kind of hang out mm-hmm. and wander around. We would do that often. That's a great idea. Um, we take advantage of cheaper nights at the museums, whether it's the Carnegie Museum or the Mattress Factory or, you know, there's a lot of different weird places around. Uh, what's the thing on the north side, which we go to? My wife the is world? big on this. Uh, the Asylum, 
which is oh, next to the Garden Theater. Right, on uh, and, East North Avenue. Yeah, and they do free movies there. And they do really interesting movies there. We just saw right. a documentary on John Coltrane. It was free. And we hung out. And there's this weird, electric, eclectic kind of crowd. We enjoyed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always, you know, we go to Hartwood Acres. We saw Boss Skaggs last year. We saw the symphony maybe three weeks ago at Hartwood Acres. There's always something to do. Right. And it's always fairly inexpensive or mm-hmm. free. Right. How about you? Um, well, my husband's a musician, so a lot of the time he's out playing. Yeah. And so we're not together, which is just, that's the way it, it's right. been. So I'd say um, Jazz at Riverview Park is something that we've enjoyed for a long time. Sure, that's, sure. you know, hit and miss depending on who's playing. Um, I love to go, uh, I love to go to the Carnegie Art Museum. I just love the Carnegie. And I think that it's a different type of art, but the Carnegie Library. It's just such a gem in mm-hmm. Oakland. It's just such a beautiful thing. It's free. Um, and it's free. And it's, it, if you haven't been there, if you haven't taken advantage of how cool it is, especially with the, with the new edition and the way it works, to go into the stacks and then look at, at the dinosaurs in the Natural History Museum. It's yeah. such a wonderful, wonderful place. Exactly. I so, really love that. So here's a tip. So every Thursday in the Post-Gazette, they, for decades, they've been, they've been publishing a special art section, right? The weekender section there, I think they used to call it. And it gives you an idea of what's ahead what, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday here in the city of Pittsburgh. Always we peruse that and we just circle what we're interested in seeing and then make a point of checking right, it out. Make a point of doing it. Yeah, you just yeah. got to plan ahead a little bit. That's all. Yeah. So the vibrant art scene in Pittsburgh is there. I would say at the top of my list, though, you have to go Pittsburgh Public Theater. That's just for yeah, my but money. That's pricey. It is pricey, but here's, here's the thing: if you want good art, you have to pay for it. Yeah, you it's do. a priority. So, uh, do you want good art, or do you want a, you know a month of Netflix? Yeah. Sometimes you pick the art. Yeah. So, how about this? Uh, so, Ted Pappas has left the public theater. Right. He's a brand new artistic director in place. The, there's an Irving Berlin show that's oh. coming up that's supposed to be absolutely great. Oh, I'm really excited that. about that. Excellent. Really okay. excited about yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, here we are in the the end of the summer season. Manchester fall Craftsman's season. Guild. Here's some great jazz in the north side of of Pittsburgh. What a great space. Mm-hmm. I love that there. Don't forget the uh, symphony. Mm-hmm. My daughter's going to see uh, CLO on Sunday night. Oh, and, Todd, oh, and, and she was at uh, the Under, uh, the Warhol Museum yesterday. You know, I've never oh, been there. What? To the Warhol? I've never been to the Warhol. I don't That's know how I weird. missed that. It's, right, it's yeah, super but, you know, weird. It's Andy Warhol. Right. You know, he's you know, Pittsburgh's son. You don't go into it expecting it's going to be conventional. No. Uh, the Carnegie uh, Library in Homestead oh, tomorrow night is Todd, Todd Rundgren. Rundgren. Are you interested Listen, in going? Yes, I'm interested Are in you? going. He is so weird. I could probably get tickets. I think I know somebody. It's tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Okay. All right, good. I'll make the ask. I want to see his hair in Me person. Me too. Because that's terrible. Calliope. That's some kind of bad... It looks like he was struck by lightning. <laughs> hey, uh, coming up in a few minutes, why isn't happiness enough? When our health insurance renewal notice arrived last fall, my wife and I made the decision to drop our plan. With the monthly premiums and deductible, we'd have to pay $30,000 just to use it. So we did our homework and switched to MediShare. The cost savings are incredible, over $500 a month. And we don't have to pay for services we don't need or don't agree with. Then, out of the blue, she had to have emergency surgery. Scary stuff. $150,000 in hospital bills, and MediShare members took care of everything. All we paid was our small portion. I'm a doctor who's been in healthcare for 20 years, and this is one of the most impressive programs I've ever seen. Thank God she's fully recovered, and now we're telling everyone about MediShare. 
Call 844-41-BIBLE to find out how much you can save on your health care. MediShare. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Volante and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Which would you rather be doing? Looking for your dream job or working at your dream job? That's what I thought. So I got you an interview August 9th. It's National Interview Day at Express Employment Professionals. They'll help you find the job that fits your personality, skills, and abilities, a.k.a. your dream job. And you pay nothing for it out of pocket. No fees ever. Even after you get the job. But you got to register. So do it now. Call 412-494-2000 or visit expresspros.com slash WPittsburghPA. A little song I wrote Might want to sing it Note for note Don't worry Be happy And so they say Amy Simpson is with us She's a regular guest on our show She wrote a piece called Why isn't happiness enough? Amy, don't worry Just be happy, right? Isn't that what the world does? Well, we we all try, right? Yeah We try very, very, very hard but then I know we end up being disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't happen, you know, for anyone that that sort of the goal for many people is that we just we're just happy. You know, that that becomes like the the only situation we find ourselves in consistently. And it ultimately it doesn't work for anybody because it's not possible. And I think we don't even know what happiness is, right? I mean, I remember, you know, a teacher in our grade school would always say, are you guys happy? Is everybody happy? Like it was some goal to be achieved. Mm-hmm. And I right. had no idea. Well, and it's some kind of indictment on her if you say no. Right. I'm not, no, I'm not happy. Or well, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong? Or, or me as well. What's wrong with me? Why aren't I happy like everybody else is supposed to be happy? Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems with happiness is that really we, we, we have tried to make it out to be much more than it actually is. You know, happiness is, it's basically an emotion. You know, it's, it's a pleasurable emotion that we experience. It's not really an, an overriding 
existential state of being. And yet many of us, you know, and even culturally, we really have kind of turned it into that so that we are in the constant pursuit of this happy state. And yet I'm not sure, like you said, we could, any of us could really define what that means or what that looks like or, you know, point to it to to anybody we know who really experiences that all the time. So, I mean, one of the foundations of our nation was the pursuit of it. Right. Right. Um, and so this is something that, but it, but I, I don't want to limit it to America because I think this is just a, this is a human condition, is that people want to be happy. Who doesn't? Sure. Um, but it can be elusive if we put too much stock in it. You mentioned in your article that it's a lot to put on the shoulders of one emotion. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not that happiness is bad, and I think... Sometimes we can be tempted to to believe that, you know, that it's not that being happy is not worthwhile or it's somehow, you know, it's just not even worth trying. Um, and yet happiness is a good thing. You know, it is, it's a blessing from God. It is a pleasurable emotion. It is something we all experience at times in our lives, and we can enjoy it without feeling guilty. And yet the problem comes when we try to, again, elevate it to something we build our lives around. You know, or that we expect that we can get to a point where we only experience happiness and we don't experience any other kind of emotion, or that we put that burden on the shoulders of happiness that it just can't support. Mm -hmm. You know, it it is not capable of being the center of our lives, being an object of worship even for us at times. Um, It it is an emotion and it will come and go. And and part of the the funny um, thing about happiness is, you know, part of the difficulty in defining what it is, is that it's, you know, it needs to be defined somewhat by the absence of other things. So, you know, what is happiness? Well, part of what happiness means is not being sad. So if we don't experience sadness, how do we define happiness? How Mm -hmm. do we enjoy happiness? You know, we need to have these other things in our lives, these other emotional experiences to even help define what happiness is. Hmm. And yet it can be so hard for us to accept some of the other more difficult emotions, we really often just want happiness or think that, that we should live a life that only includes happiness. So is it wrong to pursue happiness? I think it's, it's not wrong at all if we, you know, if, if by pursuit we mean, you know, that we enjoy it when we receive it. You know, we look for experiences that make us happy, and yet we don't try to make that the exclusive experience in our lives. And we, and we don't, again, put it at the center of our lives. So as part of a mix of an emotional, healthy, emotional human range, happiness is great, you know. As part of what we experience at those times when, you know, when God blesses us with, with pleasurable experiences or, or wonderful relationships, so, you know, those times when we experience happiness, it's not a bad thing at all. It's a very good thing. It's a gift from God. And, and actually... Scripture makes that clear. You know, you can find happiness described in several places, especially in, like, Psalms and Proverbs. And and yet, you know, it needs to be kept in its proper place, like every other good thing in our lives. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't say that food is bad, um, but certainly if our lives only revolve around eating, that's not healthy. You know, that's, that, is not, that is not good. It needs to be put into its proper place in our lives. You know, or we wouldn't say that sleep is bad. It's a, it's a gift from God, and yet we don't want to build our lives around sleeping either. Um, so I think happiness is similar in some ways. It's a good thing that God has provided for us, and yet it, it is not capable of sustaining our lives, you know, as the center of what our lives are about. 
Amy Simpson is with us. Amy is an author. She is um, just a regular guest on our show who always gives us uh, some great wisdom and insight, talking today about why isn't happiness enough. So, uh, Amy, the quest for happiness, I think, in some ways is embedded in all of our lives. It's something that we all strive for, something you know we're taught at our mother's knee to, to achieve. And, and so it's not a bad thing, but essentially it, it's something that what you have to work for but is happiness a promise from god is it something that god talks about about giving us happiness does god really care about our happiness you know the interesting thing is when you look at um scripture and you look at prophecies about heaven um one of the things that god in, that is that is included there in the way scripture describes heaven is an emotional experience you know it's God will dry every tear from our eyes. There will be no more mourning, no weeping. Um, you know, it doesn't say, and everybody will be happy. <laughs> but I think that's sort of implied that, yes, you know, if God is taking away our experiences around sorrow and, and grieving and mourning, um, that, that he is promising us happiness. And yet there is no place in Scripture, you know, where, where God promises us happiness here and now. I think it's pretty clear that that we should expect a fuller range of emotion and a fuller range of experience in this life, and thank God for the blessing of happiness yeah. among when it comes, the, you know, the more difficult, yeah, yeah, the more difficult experiences of life. Right. So be glad for it when it comes. Don't make an idol out of it, and you know, pray that God gives you the strength from it to go through times that aren't so happy. Yes. Amy Simpson's with us. She is the author of Blessed Are the Unsatisfieds, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World and Troubled Minds, Mental Illness and the Church's Mission. Amy, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836, or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to brain balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the brain balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just 
breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit BrainBalance.com. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412 793 At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. So there's a lot of theology out there that as a Christian, you have to wade through. You have to have a good biblical knowledge to get to the truth. you got to pick your teachers carefully. One of the weird pieces of theology is something called the prosperity gospel. That's weird. Kath, what about this? Uh, it's completely antithetical to the actual gospel of Jesus, in my opinion. So people are using Jesus sort of like as an ATM machine. Yeah. I, I mean, there's this idea that um, if – I mean – is it Kate? What's Kate's last name? Kate Bowler? Oh, yeah. Kate Bowler. He wrote, she wrote, I met Kate several years ago when she was on our show the first time, when she was uh, teaching or finishing up her studies at Duke. I don't remember now, but she wrote an authoritative book on the prosperity gospel mm-hmm, that I totally mm-hmm. recommend, highly recommend. Um, what I learned from reading that book is um, a little more than I understood, a lot more than I understood going in. But the basics of the prosperity gospel are that if I give money, then God is going to bless me, like shockingly. So right. if I give, you know, thir- it's an thirty, it's an exchange. So if I give thirty bucks to some pastor, <clears throat> then God's going to just open the floodgates. And so if I get a, you know, a ten thousand dollar raise, or I, you know, um, end up, you know, someone uh, shows me a new Cadillac, you know, I should buy it because that's the way that God is showing me that he's going to bless me. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a, if you're Joel Steen and you live in a, you know, multi-million dollar mansion, then that's just evidence that you're blessed right. by God he's because you've something. been, you've been giving to God and God's given back to you because that's the way it's supposed to be. So that it's a spiritual is not, equation. that is not what the Bible teaches about our life and about us following Jesus and what it looks like. Right. It's so just it, not. There's been a new survey out where people have been talking about the prosperity gospel. And unfortunately, of those 1,000 evangelical Protestants who were surveyed, 38% of those people said, yeah, I believe in the prosperity gospel in some form. 38%. So what's what's that say? That is absolutely tragic. I, okay, so let me say this. Yeah. In reading Kate's book, I I recognize that um, people who subscribe to the prosperity gospel 
believe that Jesus suffered as he did so that we don't have to. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the essence of it. I don't see that anywhere in scripture. No. I mean, I see that in in uh in the case of our salvation that Jesus suffered that penalty so we don't have to suffer the penalty of separation from God. I definitely see that. But when we're looking at what it means to follow Jesus as he lived yeah. here on earth, he did not have a place to lay his head. Okay? He did not have a mansion. He did not have endless riches. He right. did not have any of those things. He was a suffering servant. So if we're going to follow Jesus, we will suffer. We will suffer. We will. Yeah. We will suffer. It's a guarantee. And we the, will suffer and we're supposed to serve. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus, not to have a Cadillac and a big house. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with having no, a, no, no. a big house or a Cadillac, but that's not how God's showing you that you're blessed. But if that's your goal, that's your aim, then that's you why are, you love Jesus. You are missing it. There's much bigger things out there than that. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Crews are using aircraft to try to control a raging forest fire south of Los Angeles. There's pretty much no containment today of the blaze churning through the Cleveland National Forest. Aircraft dropping retardant across ridge lines to keep fire from racing down hillsides towards homes. Flames that erupted Monday have scorched more than six square miles of dry brush and timber. There are at least eight fires, major fires, burning out of control across California, prompting the president to declare a major disaster in the state, which frees up funding, federal funding for more help. Voting underway in a Ohio special election that may decide whether Democrats will retake the U.S. House in November. Democrat Danny O'Connor running for an open congressional seat in central Ohio against Republican Troy Balderson, a two-term state senator. President Trump making a push for Republican Troy Balderson. On Wall Street, the Dow up 127 25,629. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Are your credit cards out of control? Owe more than $10,000? Are you paying one card and delaying payment on another? Here's what's really happening here. Your credit card companies are shaking your hand while stabbing you in the back. They want you overextended. Even worse, they hope you think you have to pay it all back. Credit card companies have finally been exposed. There are steps you can take to become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $1 billion of debt. They're regulated by both federal and state agencies. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and have over 25,000 five-star reviews across accredited review sites. Do not take out a consolidation loan. Do not declare bankruptcy. Settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call now, 800-948-4144, A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot 
lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Spring House. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Spring House. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, save up to $10 when you buy tickets at Giant Eagle. Life doesn't stop on the weekends, and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. Rather cloudy and muggy tonight with a shower thunderstorm crossing parts of the area. The low tonight, 68 degrees. Tomorrow, clouds will be limiting sunshine. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm will be around into the evening hours. The high tomorrow, 80 degrees. Partly cloudy later tomorrow night, low 65. Then for Thursday, partly sunny with a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Uh, so hot last night. Oh, Holy smokes. it really was. And uh, we went out for ice cream. Did you? We went to Rita's. Okay. Which, which is custard, not ice cream, just yeah. to clarify things. Yeah, it's fabulous. Of course. Oh, my goodness gracious. So we got up to the counter. You know, there's a little anxiety about what you're ordering and how. I had a, a mango... Gelato. Gelato. Or gelati. Gelati, gelato. So, yeah, so it's the ice, the mango ice, then with, with the, the custard in there. On top. Mm-hmm. So we get up there, and, and uh, you know, you have to look at the, the sizes, the regular or the large. And, of course, I'm all in. Give me the large, please. But now there's this new thing with the calorie counts where it's like holding up a red flag. Oh, yeah. So for every restaurant in America that has something like more than 30 locations, it's a federal law that they have to post the calorie count for every item. Or not every item, but every you know total meal that they offer. I see. Okay. So, or a total entree. So for the gelato, right, there's so the calorie posted. count. Oh, yeah. I bet that was not low. Well. Oh, there you go. Well, that's have it your way. That's because that's the, like the best version of the McDonald's game I ever heard. That is not Ella. No, it's not. Okay, so I'm having it my way, and I have a choice between a medium, which I think was 540 calories, okay. or a large, which was 700 calories. Mm-hmm. 700 calories for a late night treat. Mm-hmm. I went for it. <laughs> I went for it. Got to have it your way. Yeah, I had it my way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, why did you did you just look at the calories and you were like, "This is worth it to me"? 
Oh, I just ran through it like a stop sign. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just I saw that gelato and thought oh I need God. to have that. Give me as much as I can get. Uh-huh. So I was happy to have it. And as I'm eating it, of course, it didn't matter. I mean, you know, the calories didn't matter to me at the moment. But you know, I look at my little chubby self in the mirror this morning and go, "Hey, there, little that little fat boy. Hey, you. You know." Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, at, at the time, it's just kind of like sin, isn't it? Which is what we talked about with, um, with um, Rachel Gilson. When you're sinning, I, I run right through it, and then I pay the consequences later. Later, right. Yeah. Okay, so... Wait, so what's so funny so, about so, that? So the calories that are posted... Sin and gelato. Are they making any difference to you? Um, well, yes, they are. Because you have to, I have to pause. So what's my, you know, for a guy my age, how many calories should I be eating a day? 2,000. Yeah, or, or so. Well, look, or less if you want to lose weight. Exactly. So I mean, I had 700 calories at 9.30 last night. And of course it makes a difference because I'm talking about it today. Yeah, so it does make a difference to me. I appreciate that the stop sign is up there. Whether I pay attention to the stop sign or not, it's a whole other matter. Okay. But, but at least I know. Okay, but here's the thing. You knowing, so it's, but in effect, though, it's not making any difference to you. Well, the jury's still out on that. Okay. I would say, yes, it is making a difference because it's raising my awareness. And when I decide to stop, when I finally surrender, mm-hmm. it will be because of that. It will be because you're seeing I, those numbers. I see, yeah. Mike. Um, when you eat out, of course, you're seeing all those numbers. Is it making a difference to you? Is it is it changing your the choices you're making because of the calorie counts you see? I ignore those. <laughs> well, look right at Mike. Crazy. I mean, Mike sopping wet weighs about 130 pounds. Right. No, you know, Mike, you know my goal here. What to fit it in your pants? Well, yes, and secondarily to just weigh less than Mike. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going for. Mike, Mike is Mike, 31 what are you, what are you years at, old. What are you at right now? I'm at 145, but I ran three miles this morning, so probably wait. So that'll take you down to 138. Yeah. yeah. You're, so you're like 145. Okay. How okay. tall are you? I'm five five eight. Okay, so okay. I mean, well, fortunately, I'm well below Mike at this point. But when I was eating a lot of sugar, I wasn't. Yeah. Oh, so sugar here. So I wonder how much sugar I had on my last night in my gelato. All. <laughs> there was, I don't think there was anything else yeah, yeah. there. Okay, so is that the question then? Do the calorie is, warnings are or the postings? New, are the new publicly displayed calorie counts making any difference whatsoever in what you choose to order? Now, I know the answer to you is yes. It is yes. Because you look at that carefully, I don't do. you? I do. I do. I look at it super carefully. Do you? Yes, because I'm. Yes, well, yeah. And here's the thing that I that I realized. And anyone who has gone through Weight Watchers or anything like this is going to say you've heard this before. Don't be counting calories. No, 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 no. They wouldn't say that. They would say you have to decide what you want more. Do you want to eat the thing or do you want to be thinner? And it's just a matter of what you want more. That's just all it is. It's not like some kind of magical, you know, theory. You just have to decide, okay, well, I just, I feel better not eating that. I'll just, I'll be glad. Or someone else said this. This is another way to look at it is what's going to make you happy now? You know, what, are, what is going to please you now? And what's going to please you six hours from now? And try to go with the six hours from now instead of the current thing. That helped me too. Anyway, those are just, I mean. So you delay gratification. It's not delayed gratification. It's just deci- it's deciding what is what you want more. Yeah. So here's the thing for me. When, you know, okay, so a few years ago, I, you know, I got all hepped up and uh, rode that MS-150. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, you know, amazing. And I, which was great. You know, 150 it's, miles. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Oh, and, and yes, I, it is. It really isn't. It is. I'm, seriously, I was all surprised. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm training. You know, I'm going to the gym. I'm just, you know, doing the thing. So all that hard work you put in, when you put something in your mouth, I go, 
well, you know, this is how many calories. That would be 15 minutes on the bike would take me to burn through that. Right. So I just raised the awareness about that. Right. 15 minutes. The sad thing about working out, which I have done, for, especially over the last year, is it is absolutely pitiful how, how many calories you burn when you exercise. It is so pitiful. It's the most depressing thing in the world. So depressing. <laughs> yeah. I think, really? I just did all of that that whole time for 200 calories? Yeah. Hey, that's I could, it? I, I could have had a Coke. Yes. I'd have felt better oh, about it. Oh, my gosh. And and that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to try not eating sugar is because the whole exercise thing was so depressing mm-hmm. about how much weight I was losing. I really – I was just – I weighed too much for my height. And I thought, I can't well, – and clearly, I'm not able to work this off. So maybe I'm – Need to start at the so front wait, end. So now are you exercising and eating no sugar? No, I didn't exercise at all over the summer. Okay. So you but stopped lost, exercising, but you lost I, weight. And I lost 10 pounds. Because you stopped eating sugar. Right. All like, sugar. Right. That's and cool. I, That's and, super cool. And here's the thing. I didn't stop eating anything else. Like really? I didn't change how I ate uh, the rest of anything. I mean, I, I eat all the same food I used to. I just don't eat sugar. I don't know how you do that. I don't it's either. not that you know what it's it was sugar. It's well, I was going to say it's not that hard, but it is hard of because it is. last Can't night after it. I was done eating, we yeah. had a great dinner yeah. last night, and I was like, all I want is is like a biscotti, yeah. like and Give me a piece I could, of cake. And here's the thing: I could have a biscotti. It's not like I think God's going to be mad at me if I have one. You know what right. I had after my three mile run this mm. morning? Mm. Tell me, a Cinnabon, a peanut butter ice cream banana milkshake. What, Mike? <laughs> I was like, babe, I need some protein. Can you throw some like ice cream in? She's like, "What are you talking about? Ice cream? Ice cream. You're just adding more fat and sugar." Yeah, I'm like, "I need it. Yeah. That's I awesome. I need it." So I went back That's out and awesome. ran three more miles. Right. Mm-hmm. It's All very right. hard. Yes. I'll be honest hard. with you. It's just really hard. It's just a, a first world problem, is what it is. It is. Oh right. my gosh, isn't that the truth? Yes. You think of all the places you've been and people who don't have enough to eat for the day or the week, and we're trying to figure out what to eat. Yes. I want a gelati now. <laughs> Next, Madeline Langle, A Wrinkle in Time. We're going to talk about her. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Fighting sin effectively, serving your church, and growing in your love for the Lord, these are not so much about learning new things. It's more about remembering what not to forget. This week, John MacArthur helps you recall truth that can help you flourish spiritually. Don't miss this practical study from 2 Peter here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Over the years since I met Todd Marley, what, I, John and I both, we've gotten a ton of emails from people who have met Todd or who are interested in more information about Todd. Um, because Marley Financial has done different stuff with health insurance. I think that's the best way I can say it. Um, they're the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide two different things. They provide traditional and they also provide non-Obamacare plans. But, you know, if you've contacted Todd or if you talked to him about individual health insurance, you might not realize that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can choose your hospital. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley's giving you the power to choose what you want to do, what's best for you, and also the power to choose what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, and you can skip the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496, or find them online at marleyfg.com.
Which would you rather be doing? Looking for your dream job or working at your dream job? That's what I thought. So I got you an interview August 9th. It's National Interview Day at Express Employment Professionals. They'll help you find the job that fits your personality, skills, and abilities, a.k.a. your dream job. And you pay nothing for it out of pocket. No fees ever, even after you get the job. But you got to register, so do it now. Call 412-494-2000 or visit expresspros.com slash WPittsburghPA. We've been very honored to win the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Business Ethics three times, which is great. Energy Swing Windows, Steve Rennekamp. But we were recently recognized with an award that was totally unsolicited. It's called the Best of the Best Award. Uh, this is an award you don't apply for. And the organization that does this selects companies that have great reputations in the marketplace. They look at your online reviews. They look at your website. They look at Better Business Bureau reports. They look at a whole variety of things and they determine if you fit the criteria of being the best of the best. And fortunately, uh, they thought we did. There's a very short video on the front page of our website that talks about this award and the way we do business and why we received it. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors and $1,200 off any basement finishing project. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. The Family Fun Expo and Back to School Celebration Saturday, August 18th presents one last time to have fun as a family before the craziness of school kicks in. From 11 to 4 p.m., bring your family to Prince Cape Arena, formerly South Point Isoplex, and enjoy tons of kids' activities, games, and prizes through the day, plus food, entertainment, exhibitors, and more. Visit wordfm.com for more details, family-friendly pricing, and to register. Sponsored by Word FM, Prince Cape Arena, and the Bible Chapel. When I was in third grade at High Cliff Elementary School in the North Hills, I remember walking in the book stacks in the library there, and I remember exactly where Madeline Leangle's a Wrinkle in Time was. Hmm. I remember right where it was because it was in a list of Newbery award-winning books. And it was like set off this this um, set of books was off by itself. The best of the best. Best of the best. And so, of course, the librarian's encouraging you to read those books because sure. those have been determined to be the best books, one per year. And I think A Wrinkle in Time won it in 19, maybe 64. So it was it was way past this that I was that I was finding the book. But I didn't pull it out. But I must have mentioned it sometime when I was at home. And then my dad got me my own copy of it. And I thought it's a really weird cover. Like the cover is yellow. It has Newbery Award winner at the top. And then there's a centaur. If you're familiar with mythology, a centaur has the head of a man and the chest of a man, but um, the feet and the body of a horse. Mm-hmm. And there's a centaur, and then there's these little kids on top of a centaur, and there's this like rainbow coming out of it. I mean, this, the, really, the cover makes no sense. And I thought, well, this is weird. But my dad got it for me. I thought I'd give it a try. Sure. Anyway, so I was a third grader reading this book, and I, I, I can't even I, – was, I was two pages in, two pages in, and I was completely hooked. <laughs> this is a book like no other book I had ever read. Really? Now, I mean, when I was little, I guess I'd watched some Star Trek or maybe some Planet of the Apes at that point. I don't remember. So, But I wouldn't say I really knew what science fiction was. But I could recognize at the start of this book that there was there were elements of science fiction, but it was also kind of a – 
it was kind of a young adult coming of age book. It was, uh, you know, uh, the the main character is a is in junior high and she's like got weird, you know, thick glasses and unruly hair and she wears bad clothes and so she doesn't fit in. And so there's a little bit of that. But it's also profoundly Christian. And I don't mean like profoundly mystical or profoundly spiritual and you can kind of read your own God into it. No, it is a profoundly Christian book. Mm. And I remember think how long ago this was that I was shocked, absolutely shocked that there was a Christian book that was a Newbery Award winner. I mean, mm. that was something I just was, I couldn't get over. Anyway, I read the book and then I read it again. And at this point, I probably have read that book 15 times. And, and the, the thrill that I experienced when maybe four years later, my dad took me to a lecture she was giving and I got to meet her. Madeline Lee Engel was the Newbery Award winning author. And there is a new book about Madeline Lee Engel that is so wonderful. I'm so geeked about it. It's called A Light So Lovely, The Spiritual Legacy of Madeline Lee Engel, author of A Wrinkle in Time. And the author of this book is Sarah Arthur. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. Can you hear my grin across the mile? Are you I know exactly what cover you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it was so weird. I don't know if that cover really helped or hindered. It was just so I didn't so read odd. it, I think, because of the cover yeah. until years later. Isn't that funny? It was very odd. But you, like me, were drawn in um, by – was it A Wrinkle in Time for you first? No, actually. And actually, I think it is because of the wonky cover. Yeah. I mean, we're probably the same vintage, right? right? And yeah. I probably saw it and I'm like, I'm so not not science fiction or whatever that is. Um, no, I read her Austin, some of her Austin Chronicles first because mm. I had this stretch of time where I was reading romance, probably maybe not very wisely, but reading romance novels. And I thought that's what those were. But they had such a depth to them. I mean, these were characters that prayed with their families and sang hymns and had grandparents that were clergy and you know and so did I and that was um that was my my first entrance into Madeline so maybe eighth grade or so but then in college at Wheaton College um I met friends who were reading some of her grown-up um nonfiction, and that was when I just fell in love with what Madeline was about when you think about this woman and the uh, the amount of out, of literary output in her life, it is shocking and humbling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. not just amount. It's not about uh, number of books or number of articles or essays. It's not that. It's about the depth and uniqueness that Madeline Langle brought to the world of faith, the world of science, and I think the the world of paradox, of trying to understand a world that people struggle to make black and white, but we all know because we live in it that most of the time it's gray. Mm-hmm. It's complex. Yeah. Yeah, she had, um, she really straddled the kinds of divides that so many of us either grew up with or find ourselves being pressed into all the time, sacred and secular, um, science and faith you know, art and religion. And it's part of it is because she wasn't raised with those, with that kind of binary thinking. And part of it is because she was so herself. I've, I don't, I don't know that I've ever researched anybody who's so thoroughly their own person, mm. um, like Madeline. So when you talk about the effect that A Wrinkle of Time had on you, and you were close, it was a 1963 Newbery winner, and nobody had ever written anything like that before with a protagonist, a female protagonist in a science fiction setting. And, um, and the, the concepts um, that were so profoundly Christian, like you were pointing out, that a notion of 
that that God loves us so much in our particularity, in our uniqueness, um, that God would become one of us um, when God also cares about, you know, the smallest molecule in the farthest flung galaxy of the universe. That is Madeline. Mm -hmm. She did not want to limit what God can do. Mm -hmm. And that binary thinking that so many of us battle, (laughs) um, where people try to peg um, stuff into categories, like you can either own, you know, you can, something can be either sacred or secular, it can't inhabit some other space. She really didn't want want Christians to be telling the world what God cannot do. She wanted people to be telling the world what God can do. Sarah Arthur's with us, author of 12 books ranging from devotionals to critical engagement with literature. She's a founding board member of the annual C.S. Lewis Festival, has served as writer-in-residence for the Frederick Buchner Writers' Workshop at Princeton Theological Seminary, and we're talking about her brand new book called A Light So Lovely, The Spiritual Legacy of Madeline Lee Engel. I grew up in the 80s, Sarah, and I remember um, when I think about my faith or, or how my faith and church and school work together, it was definitely in a binary way. That was the message I was getting, which is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, you have to burn your rock albums, right? right. Like you can't, yeah. there really is no way to listen to Led Zeppelin and still claim Christ. You have to pick. You cannot, you can't have both. You must pick. And your pick must be violent. Like you can't just throw the albums out. You should really burn them just to make sure Satan is fully, fully off the table. Okay. And, and if you were going to talk about end times, the only option was Hal Lindsey. It was the fact that there's going to be a rapture and it's going to be terrifying and it's going to be horrific. And you better get yourself ready because if you're on the wrong side, you're held back and you're going to be farming a field and there's going to be evil everywhere. I mean, there was no, there was no acknowledgement that you that there were subtleties or nuance in life and so i think that's why this book jumped out at me as a kid because when meg who's the main character in a wrinkle in time when she is fighting her battles and there are many battles that she fights in a wrinkle in time with her brother charles wallace when they're fighting those battles they learn as the book goes on that there are certain things that are um that are uh, like weapons for them. And their weapons are kindness. Their weapons are their love for each other. But their weapons are also mathematics. And their weapons are science. And so they're taught to wield those in a way that causes good to triumph over evil. And I think it was the first time I thought, well, wait a minute. I thought science was supposed to be bad. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I think that same vibe is probably um, what struck me when I first came out of, I, I grew up in mainline Presbyterianism and um, with parents who love Jesus, but also listened to NPR and we listened to Amy Grant and went to Christian concerts and orchestral concerts and um, loved like looking at the night sky and studying what the different constellations were. And all of that were spaces, those were all spaces that God inhabited. So it was a little startling to me to enter a place like Wheaton, where while the faculty was very much about um, what God can do, I did interact with small pockets of, of people on campus that, um, that had that same kind of binary thinking. And it was, it was startling to me. And I think, though, that those divides um, continue to be present and are continuing to be confusing to a lot of um, young people that are you know, maybe they're fascinated with science. Um, I interviewed a 
so many people for this book, and one of them um, was a PhD in like quantum physics and um, was trying to discern whether or not to leave his Christian faith because he just didn't find a home. There was no space he could have it where both were okay. Right. Um, and Madeline came in at just the right time. He was reading some of her stuff and realized, no, you know, if if God is present. It, we must believe that Jesus is all in all, right? That that this world that Christ participated in the creation of, um, that God created, uh, can only through science um, show us more of who God is, right? right. We shouldn't be afraid right, of it, of course. Um, and that was that was powerful for him, and in fact, probably saved him from turning away from Christianity altogether. The book is called A Light So Lovely, The Spiritual Legacy of Madeline Lee Engel. We're talking to author Sarah Arthur. Sarah, when I think about the concepts in A Wrinkle in Time, which is a kid's book, um, it could also be an adult book. It could also be, um, it could be a science fiction novel. It could be a novel about family. Like, it's so many things. It's hard for me even to look back and believe that a committee voted it the best book. I mean, I believe it's the best book, not just of 1963, but of any year. But it's yeah. so unusual. It doesn't really fit in a category. Yeah, and it was rejected a lot. I mean, Madeline would tell the story of its rejection, and, and the numbers would change every time she told the story, which was her way of embellishing details to make a point. Um, you know, it was rejected 27 times, 37 times, 40 times. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I mean, it was rejected a lot, and some of that was because of the religious nature of it. I mean, she's, it was circulating among the big New York houses, right? And um, and then um, a certain editor decided to take a chance on it, and they really told her, like, we're doing this because we like you, and you have a couple other books with us, and, you know, it, just don't plan on it being very successful. <laughs> and to everybody's surprise... Um, yeah, it really touched a chord like it did with you and with so many around the country. Um, and it wasn't just the, the Newberry committee that, um, that selected it. I think just librarians and teachers began to keep bringing it, um, to, before children, particularly girls. Um, and that, I, I think that that legacy is something we don't want to undercut or, or, dismiss even as you know a film adaptation comes out recognizing that that sends children right back to the book and and continuing to engage the themes that were so important to madeline including what she called the the relentless love of god Mm. um that god will not fail with any particle of creation god we don't love and serve a failing god i remember um returning to a wrinkle in time maybe when i was 18 or 19 i think it was the summer between high school and college and i hadn't read it in a couple years um but what i noticed upon rereading it um, was really important to me at the time and that was the idea that um your whatever your faults are what we perceive as our faults those can be turned around by God and those can be your greatest assets. And that's one of the stories that Meg Murray lives through in the book is her recognizing that her weakness has been turned to strength, which we know, of course, is what the Bible tells us exactly God will do, is that he takes our weakness and turns it into strength. And her, it's very specific in her case, and one of her strengths is mathematics. And that becomes, as I said earlier, one of the weapons that she uses to fight evil and to uh, get her father back. Um, For Madeline, it's because God made all those numbers. 
right? Like we're not just inventing something out of nothing. Like God created those things. And so of course he would give them as gifts to us. Right. And so the story that we're given in life is only the smallest fraction of the story there actually is. So instead of believing that we're limited by our by what we see are our faults, A Wrinkle in Time taught me that there is such a, a, a an enormous story that God is telling. And our part is essential and significant, but it's also really small in in this incredible panoply of events and people and galaxies and worlds um, that God is bringing about. And so I wonder if this is the perfect time for people who have not yet read this book to read this book, because we're, we're, you, you put this so well at, at, at the beginning of your book. Let me find it. Um, you write, as the rhetoric on social media, in politics, and in social discourse increasingly polarizes us from one another, we aren't allowed to have weaknesses, only power. Only the correct ideas, only a bluster and a bravado devoid of repentance. And yet, that's not how God chooses to act in the world. And that's what one of the things A Wrinkle in Time taught me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, like you think about Charles Wallace, who is Meg's little brother, who is a genius. And at a certain point, they're up against the evil force um, that's uh, just kind of obliterating uh aspects of the universe and threatening our world. And Charles tries to attack that um, physically with violence. He pounds his little fists on um, this one evil character, and it just makes no difference. Um, And I just see so many of the loudest voices in the world right now are those little fists trying to pound. Mm -hmm. Um, And when the tide turns in the story is when Meg is... Um, puts herself in a position of vulnerability and a kind of self-sacrifice to save her brother and recognizes that that love um, that is at the center of God's character, that is the, that is the um, power that will change the mm-hmm. world, that will change the universe, that will change the tide of their story, that will bring Charles Wallace back to her after he falls um, into the darkness. And that... That I think was. I mean, she. She. She was an. It was not an accident that Charles find he tries physical violence and it fails. Um, you know, she wasn't just writing that to put that in. She was making a point about um, the real. The real things that turn us around that make for change are that vulnerability, that willingness to um, be used by God to do things that we don't understand even sometimes. Um, and to exercise love and compassion, um, even when it's like the last thing we feel like we know how to do or even want to do. The book is called A Light So Lovely, The Spiritual Legacy of Madeline Lango. I'm talking to author Sarah Arthur. Um, Sarah, this is such a, you've done such a wonderful job. I mean, I, I geeked out on this more than <laughs> I can possibly express. Um, and for, for our listeners who've never read anything by Madeline Lango, there's so much. I mean, I only picked A Wrinkle in Time because I thought that was the work that most people would be most aware of. But, I mean, there are so many beautiful things. Her book, Walking on Water, completely changed my view of how Christianity and the art can work together and what a vocation in the arts would look like. But there, it, just, it goes on and on. So please know that this book by Sarah Arthur addresses so much more than A Wrinkle in Time. It'll give you a window into what Madeline was like, into her growing up years. Um, it takes the opinion of other writers and thinkers and how they were affected by her. Um, it also gives you a lot of insight into a lot of her nonfiction stuff that she wrote. Sarah, it's a really wonderful work. Please count me as a fan. 
Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking with you. That's Sarah. You don't want to miss this book, A Light So Lovely, The Spiritual Legacy of Madeline Langle. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself, are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at Idlewild.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. Estate administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free. No membership needed. With an indoor turf field, gymnasium, kids' play area, meeting rooms, and great food at our cafe, we have something for everyone. Give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet. This is our gift to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at impactthelanding.com. Rather cloudy and muggy tonight with a shower or thunderstorm crossing parts of the area. The low tonight, 68 degrees. Tomorrow, clouds will be limiting sunshine. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm will be around into the evening hours. The high tomorrow, 80 degrees. Partly cloudy later tomorrow night, low 65. Then for Thursday, partly sunny with a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. So traffic's backing up. Taylor Swift's in town this evening. A big concert. Mike, new Mike, you going? 
Yeah. Are you? Front, front row. Headed I'm down definitely there. definitely going. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? Absolutely not. No, no. Okay. I'm really? Sorry. Okay. How about, how about Mrs. New Mike? Not really. Okay. No. Kathy, you? Uh, I liked I liked her a couple albums back. I don't really... I, I don't She's know. She's changed in a way. I just, I'm changed. not really into her, but that doesn't mean, I, I'm just kind of, uh, I've kind of divorced myself from her, yeah. not on purpose, but just because of being mm-hmm. into other things. So like, so those friends that you have that are your best friends that they don't know, Taylor Swift does not know that you've divorced yourself from her. No, she does not know. She's not. No, no she does not know, which is sad. Yeah. I would not know Taylor Swift if I fell over <gasps> You wouldn't even recognize her? Well, I would probably recognize her. Uh, maybe. I'm not even sure. Oh, she's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. She's an incredible talent. Uh, incredible yeah, songwriter. I have no connection. Oh, no. what a great songwriter. Cool. Oh, so, my gosh. It's, she's, a lot of kids are going to Tonight Show, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a lot of young she's girls. She's a, a huge teeny bopper mm-hmm. idol. That's cool. Yeah, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of you know adults there, too. I'm I mean, sure. she's dominated pop music for, for the last decade. Oh, yeah. I mean, good grief. So she's at Heinz, she's at Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. Sellout. Sellout. Holy smokes. I mean, that's a power, isn't it? It really is. How big is that tour? I don't know how. Is she 30 yet? Hmm. She has to be close to 30. Or right over 30. I think she's under 30. I mean, she she is so young to have achieved such gigantic fame. Right. And incredible success. I don't know how how psychologically you manage that. Yeah. With some strength and some great people around you. I've heard that she's 28. She's 28. Mm. Can you believe that? crazy anyway yeah she's a beautiful successful woman so i hope it's a great show good for taylor swift i love it okay so um we, we've been talking these last couple of days in anticipation no, not in the last couple of days okay last, last week or so yeah, week plus in anticipation of what's going to happen here maybe as early as tomorrow when the state grand jury which has convened for the last couple of years is going to release the results of a of a, um, a report that they have been working on about the Catholic Church. Grand jury's been meeting for two years uh, in downtown Pittsburgh, hearing testimony from people from all over Pennsylvania who are telling their personal stories of um, alleged abuse at the hands of Catholic priests. Right. Going back to 1940? Exactly. Some of the people that will be named in these reports uh, go back to the 1940s, but some is as current as this year or last. So, I mean, of course, this is going to be a bombshell, and it's hurt already a lot of people of, of faith, of Catholic faith. And then you add to that uh, the revelations about a Willow Creek Church, which is an evangelical mega church in Chicago, in the Chicago area. Bill Hybels being the pastor there. Uh, his stories of, of alleged um, sexual abuse came out maybe six months ago. Right. But then there was a New York Times profile just this Saturday. A woman who worked for Bill Hybels closely tells an absolutely heartbreaking, disturbing tale of being manipulated by him uh, emotionally psychologically spiritually physically yep. you name it and then of um, course harry smith and 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 hold on and, the, and, and then the, the and then the pastor at, at willow creek uh resigned on sunday oh right yeah, over yeah. it yeah the steve carter so whether it's the catholic church or whether it's the mega church or whether it's, creek or it's creation fest or it's the southern baptist church or it's the sovereign grace sex scandal it goes on and on and on what is it about the sex-saturated society that we is. live in and the, the, the men, and generally it's the large majority yes. of men who are taking advantage of pre-pubescent, or I'm sorry, post-pubescent boys. And pu- pre-pubescent boys. Yeah. But it does seem, based on the article that you and I read yesterday, 
that um, most of the victims were not kids. No. Most of the victims were, you know, young men. 13, 15, 17, 25. 20, right, exactly. So I, I think for a lot of people who, and especially because this grand jury report is like in our own backyard, and upwards, they're saying, of 90 to 100 priests will be sort of uh, uncovered mm-hmm. in their perversion, that this has crushed a lot of people. People who would show up regularly and worship with their congregations, with their parishes. And now it's changed a lot of people's minds. You think, I've been giving money to my church. I've been volunteering. I've been faithful in my worship. And this is what I've got to deal with. It sort of guts your faith in some way. It was over a week ago that we opened up the phone lines to talk about this. It was way before, I think, the rest of the media was talking about – the scandal in the Catholic Church only because we felt like it was important to talk about it early because this is this is us. This is an indictment of Christianity and we're Christians. So that means us. Yeah. So anyway, we opened up the phone lines for people to talk about it. Nobody called. Now, two people called and didn't want to be on the air and talk to, to new Mike. But it was vast. Silence. Crickets. It we really like, was. Are we on the air here? What's going on? Because usually whenever we talk, the phone lines light up. Right. So what about this? How is this abuse in the Catholic Church or in the greater church, the scandals affecting your relationship with the church? We're not talking about the relationship with Christ. We're talking about the church body. Does the, how, or maybe it is your relationship maybe with Maybe it is. Has it affected in some ways your relationship with the church or Christ himself? 800 320 8255 in this sex drenched society is this too much to bear is the church not even a safe haven against all this insanity that we're forced to deal with in the media every day heck i mean you know they're selling mufflers around sex there's i mean everything now has a sexual connotation right, whether it's beer or it's you know your favorite luncheon meat or it's your air conditioner everything's become Everything. sexualized and it's too much to bear it's crazy but especially in the house of god we are supposed to be better than this and i don't mean that we're not supposed to be tempted and i i just mean we're not supposed to be abusing vulnerable people in our churches how did this happen of course it would drive you crazy so how is this current sex abuse affecting your relationship with the church or with god himself we'll take a break come back join us on the phone lines we want to hear from you 800-320-8255 WORD. Jesus gave us a model for prayer in the 17th chapter of John. This week from Chuck Swindoll. When we come to the place of danger or threat or the uncertainty of the future, our greatest resource is time spent on our knees. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll's study in the Gospel of John continues on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. 
Your $60 gift to save the children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step-by-step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. On August 10th, get ready for a comedy that's off the leash. Do you think I'm ridiculous throwing a party for my dog? I would say that bouncy house is over the top. Four lonely strangers will discover that man's best friend... No offense, but is your dog pregnant or just super fat? ...are the best matchmakers. Dogs open their hearts to love and to be loved. This dog has made us a family. Dog Days, in theaters this Friday. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today. Pronounced regionally as chowder. Chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So soon, perhaps as early as tomorrow, the grand jury report that will talk about and bring out hundreds and hundreds of Catholic priests across the state of Pennsylvania may be released. Certainly within this week, this report's going to be released. Has this crushed your faith in some ways? Has this altered the way you look at the church? Maybe it has altered your relationship with God himself. 800-320-8255 is the number to call. We'd like to know what your temperature is about this and what to expect. please know that you can be anonymous. You don't have to give your name when you call. We'd be happy to talk to you without knowing who you are. Very nice. Let's go to uh, line one. Hello, sir. Uh, you're on the line with us. So what's your thoughts, please? Hello? I don't know who you're talking to, John. Are you talking to me? Yep, we're talking to you. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. How are you, John? Good. Hello, I Mrs. Point. Emmons. Hi. Pleasure to talk to you both. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm not anonymous. Okay. Ray from Mars. Okay. okay. Hi. Bring it but, up. Like I said to Mike, uh, you three still run a fantastic show every day, by the way. Thanks, Thank man. you, Ray. Anybody that's surprised, because you're going to get probably one call. Me? Because all these supposed Catholics now, of which I am one, are running around asking themselves, what are we going to do now? 
let alone go on, let alone talk about it. Because, like I said to Mike, anybody that's surprised, maybe I'm repeating myself, by what's going on in the Catholic Church has n- simply not been paying attention. Mm-hmm. attention. They need to start maybe reading something more than the sport page and the comic section of any newspaper they can get their hands on. All right, so you're saying, Ray, as a Catholic, that you've known that sex abuse was a problem in the Catholic Church for years. Well, these these specific, uh, specifics that are coming about no, now, no, but going back to when my brothers were in grade school and going back to the 70s, we had firsthand experience no molestation or anything, but we have stories about priests, two priests in particular that we knew. And my brothers, I was ahead of them. They were in grade school behind me when this was going on. Yeah. So, Ray, uh, you personally, has this in some way altered the way how you feel about the church or your relationship with God? With God, heavens no. But I have stopped giving one, the other The other thing... Uh, that people were saying, now, maybe we should stop giving money. Years ago, when did I stop? Oh, when I got wind of the fact that the Catholic Church was somehow, the the donations going to the Catholic Church were somehow ending up going to Planned Parenthood. Mm. That's when I stopped right there. I don't give them a dime to this day. All right. Well, we appreciate that from hearing someone who is a Catholic talk about, you know, their own church and decisions. They, now he's still a faithful Catholic. Yeah. Thanks, so, Ray. Thanks for the phone call. But he's changed his giving. Okay. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. How is the current sex abuse scandal affecting your relationship with the church? Uh, let's go and speak with Rob. Hey, Rob, uh, you're live on the air with Kath and myself. Uh, what are your two cents here? Well, I honestly feel the early church, you know, back in the days of Acts, the priests, or the past, the you know, the, the ministers were allowed to be married. Right. When that was taken away, uh, that's a big part of what's causing the sex problem yeah. with the priests. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I know. There's, I, I, there's just not a biblical justification for that. I just, I think it's a huge mistake. Yep. I think it's a huge. Okay. Mistake. So anyway, uh, Rob, talk to us about this. H- has this affected this your relationship with the church in any way? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, good. Okay. All right, appreciate All right, that. Great. Thanks got, for calling. We've got short windows here. Let's take some more phone calls. Hey, Jim, uh, you're with us today. What are your thoughts about this, please? Uh, yes, John. I just I, I want light to be brought onto this issue. Uh, I'm interested to see, especially in our diocese. I know uh, Bishop Arnold, our Cardinal, when he was here, put a lot of safeguards in place. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that there is not cover ups that's gone on in the last 15 years, but. You know, I, I want to see, and, and uh, I, I certainly want these avenues to not be available. I don't want cover-ups. Uh, you know, I want the victims to be taken care of for sure and given respect. And uh, you know, it definitely it, it's a concern. I want to see how the church has handled this, but there, there needs to be transparency here, without a doubt. So, has it affected your relationship with the church at all? When the report comes out, we will see. Uh, but, okay. you know, uh, Christ is on the throne. Yes. And my Savior, and we will see, uh, yeah. you know, what light has shined uh, on this crisis here. That's great. great. Thanks. Appreciate the phone That's call, the too. attitude right Without there. Without yeah. Right there. That we can despair about the church, and in a lot of ways we should. But you know what? It hasn't changed who Jesus is and the fact that he's still on the throne. Got that right. Let's go uh, back to the phones. Anonymous, you're with us. Has this affected your uh, attitude towards the church or your relationship with God at all? 
Oh, absolutely not. Um, I am, as I told Mike, I I am a female who is dedicated to the Catholic Church. Um, I'm dedicated to Christianity, um, but I don't believe that this is a homosexual issue. I think it's just like any sexual crime. It is about power. And I think, I'm not sure about married priests, but definitely because of the uh, homogenous all-male leadership, um, I think it was inevitable because you give too much power to any one particular sect or, or um, type of people, and, and it just messes with your mind. All right. I appreciate that phone call. We need to take a quick break. We're up against the clock here. Stick around. Uh, 800-320-8255. How has the current sex abuse scandal affected your relationship with the church? Stay with us. Scripture tells us that God is love and that love for God is shown in how we love our neighbor. We have neighbors who need us right now. That's why Washington City Mission's Love Thy Neighbor donation drive is so critical. Through your support, you can show God's love to someone living without hope. The precious souls of men, women, and children who need your help today. Make your donation now at citymission.org. And thank you for being a good neighbor. Give today at citymission.org. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. And we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. You work all day, go home and make dinner. That's not fair, because making dinner, that's their job. They don't work all day, then go home and do your job, so stop doing theirs. Head into Buffalo Wild Wings for wings and more, with 21 sauces and seasonings to take your dinner from mild to wild. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Hey, we're talking about the grand jury report that could be released as early as tomorrow that will indict uh, many priests across the state of Pennsylvania, up to 100 here locally across Allegheny County. Taking your phone calls at 800-320-8255. Has this affected your relationship with the church or with God? Let's go back and speak with uh, Deanna. Hey, Deanna, you're with us. So what's your opinion here? Yes. Hi. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can. We can you're hear you. Okay. So my point, my thought is this. Um, I had something recently in my life that um, I, I wanted it to happen very badly. And when I talked to my best friend about it, because it happened, and I knew the minute it happened, it was a God thing. And I said to her, you know, I wanted this so badly, I didn't even have, I didn't feel like I was, I couldn't pray for it. I just, and then that's just silly. But she said to me, because, and I think she was telling me, you know, silly girl for not praying. But she said, that's because God, I said, God did this for us. And I didn't even God is not faithful. God is faithful. And I think this is just a non-denominational issue. It is. It is a non-denominational issue. You're right. It is not. It is a serious crisis in the Catholic Church, and it should be a crisis because this is predation that has been allowed to continue for decades. But it's not the only predation. Yeah. I mean, you you read the accounts of the women at Willow Creek. You want to you want to lose your mind. You read the art the uh, accounts of people involved in the Sovereign Grace Church scandal in the Reformed churches. I mean, it'll make you cry. Yeah. 
It's an absolute horror. Well, this affected our family as well. I mean, not the Catholic Church, the thing, but the, the guy who... Uh, Harry, Uncle Harry. Uncle Harry from Creation Fest. This is a guy who got up on stage every summer and was like Santa Claus in a way. And was like, hey, my kids knew this guy. Or they, you know, they, they thought they knew this guy. They loved this guy. And here he was in, you know, sentenced just last week to 18 years in prison. This man's going to die in prison. He said, a millstone should be hung around my neck. I appreciate the expediency, and I appreciate his candor mm-hmm. and his I willingness to accept the punishment. Right. I don't know. It's deserved. It surely is. God help us all. Uh, like like our first caller said, Christ is on the throne. We've had so many calls. We'll open up the phones another day to yeah. talk about this as we find out more information about how this affects all of us locally. Always a pleasure to have you with us as part of our radio family. God the help podcast us. is up and running at wordfm.com. We'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.